Hey, it's your host, Jenny, with an I-E, and you are listening to This is Jenny Alexis, a podcast about getting curious and doing things differently. Every episode, I share personal musings, conversations, and stories that I hope will invite you to explore ways to live outside the systems we're taught and often believe we need to fit into. For more information about today's episode, including show notes, be sure to visit thisisjennyalexis.com slash podcast. I am so glad you're here. Now on to today's show. So before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to provide a little bit of awareness around the content that I'm going to be sharing in the coming weeks and possibly months. And it's just for you to be aware so that if today's content just feels a little bit too heavy or too much for you to be navigating at this time, you can just skip on through, maybe go back and listen to an older episode or simply just take a break. So in the coming weeks and months, I'm going to be recording episodes that explore burnout and anxiety, particularly as it relates to those of us who have small businesses and are entrepreneurs. So if that content feels like maybe it's just a little bit too much right now, I hope you'll really honor that in yourself. Take a break, take a breath. Maybe go and listen to something else that feels really soothing and nourishing. And hey, if you think that this content might be helpful, then I hope you will have a listen and maybe reach out. Thanks so much for being here on to today's show. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. It feels good to be back here recording an episode and... There's a reason why the pace of episodes seemed to suddenly halt, or that's how it felt for me anyway. And that's what today's episode is about. And it's also the beginning of what I'm hoping will be a series or a season focusing on this particular topic. And my hope is that I will be speaking to people who are in this experience, people who have come through this experience, and those, you know, practitioners, therapists who support people in this. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about burnout. So around mid-February, right after my birthday, I started to feel quite tired. I would for sure have days where I would have lots of energy and lots of creative juice going on, but those were generally bookended by several days where I was physically exhausted, mentally exhausted, emotionally exhausted, and that exhaustion manifested in a few different ways. It manifested in not really having the physical energy to do some of the things that I wanted to be doing. It manifested in emotional behavior. So really 
an inability to regulate and manage my emotions in a way that felt, let's say, appropriate to the situation. It also meant that I was finding myself in my work struggling to complete thought processes, come up with creative ideas, and really struggling to be articulate and succinct in conversation with clients. And those last two things, the creativity and being clear and succinct in my communication are two things that I feel I do fairly well and is one of the reasons that folks come to me. So all of these things were going on. And one of the things that I I learned... I think I learned, maybe I'm still learning. But one of the things that I experienced about 10 years ago when I went through a pretty significant personal transformation was we can't do these things alone. You know, one of the lies of white supremacy is the lie of individualism. So any major life events, right? And however we define those, that's a personal definition. But whatever those things are, we are expected and it is assumed that we will go through them on our own. The sense of really being deeply supported and integrated within a community, held with a lot of care and reverence, is something that most of us don't experience or don't have a lot of experience in. So one of the things, like I said, I learned was that you can't do these things alone. So I reached out to my therapist that I've been working with sort of semi-regularly and committed in the last month or so to meet with her every two weeks and also started to just kind of talk about what was going on. Just the general exhaustion, the general sort of malaise and the sense of I don't want to say not caring, but almost coming from a place of neutral emotion around my work in some cases, neutral emotion around things that generally are really important to me, neutral emotion around interactions with friends and family. And I think In many ways, that and the inappropriate emotional responses were really signs that there was something bigger going on. The physical exhaustion, I mean, I think, you know, that could be chalked up to not sleeping great in the last couple of months, which is probably a symptom of perimenopause, probably a symptom of anxiety, and also having chronically low iron. But those two things around the emotions, those were the signs that like, you know, I'm not really functioning in the world in a way that is honoring who I am, how I want to be in the world, and particularly how I want to be in my relationships, particularly my primary relationships. So anyway, I I met with this wonderful therapist and she mentioned the word burnout and she said, I think that you may be experiencing some 
kind of burnout. And honestly, when she shared that, it felt like a big sigh of relief. It felt very true. And then, of course, because I am who I am, I started to research and understand, like, what is burnout? How is it named as such? How do people experience it? What are the types of burnout? What are contributing factors and all of those things? And what I learned is that there's sort of generally kind of three types of burnout. And those are overload burnout. So that's when we're just doing too much. We've taken on too much. So whether we're working all the time And this could come up right as a caretaker. So if we're working all the time, we're caretaking all the time, but there's very little space in our day where we're resting. And when I mean resting, I don't mean necessarily sleeping, but where we're able to turn down the noise in our brain, slow the function of our body, and allow our nervous system a space to take a beat, right? The other types of burnout that I learned about was burnout where you're not feeling particularly challenged or stimulated by your job. And so it can create this experience of not feeling invested in your work. And as humans, and of course, not for everybody, but for a lot of folks, the mental stimulation is a really important part of their work. For others, they really need the physical experience. And so in this case, it's not feeling as though we're really living to our full potential is the way that I understood it. And then the third one is one that I really connect with, and that's feeling like maybe you don't have a sense of purpose and questioning what your purpose is. And that hamster wheel effect is, well, I don't have a purpose, so then I need to work harder. And if I work harder, then maybe I'll find my purpose can lead to this experience of burnout. So those are the three that I sort of read about most consistently. And I think there's also so many other contributing factors, right? Particularly in the last three years. I want to preface this by saying that I'm not a therapist. I am not trained in any therapeutic practices. And I think it's fair to say that we all experienced a really significant upsetting event with regards to the pandemic. And a lot of folks are still experiencing that. Things for some of us have not, quote unquote, returned to normal. And whether that's if someone's living with a chronic illness or they're having a particular experience in their body that makes them more susceptible, there is an anxiety around what is happening out in the collective with mask wearing and things like that. And I think for some of us, there is this constant underlying anxiety around getting sick and the impact of getting sick and what that might mean for our bodies, our minds. And that's really where I kind of live is an underlying concern. So We've had this collective experience of the pandemic, obviously a massive contributing factor. And when I sort of track back over the last few years, that is a significant point of, I guess, sort of rupture in 
the things that were keeping me tethered. And that's sort of the theme when I look back, you know, when was the last time I really felt, hey, I feel secure and safe and aligned and at ease and having purpose and connection. And that's about five or six years ago. And I, I remember specific moments at that time where I was so immensely filled with gratitude for what I was experiencing in my life at that time. So if I think back to that moment and then track back to today, what I've been doing is not as a means to resolve, but more as a means to understand. Because if I'm in this experience of burnout right now, what I'm pretty sure about is that it's not a problem to be solved. I don't think it's a problem to be solved. Because if it was that simple, then I would just resolve it. I would do the five things or the three things or whatever is needed to resolve the problem. But what I know in my own experience with points of transformation, and I really think that that's what I'm being called here <laughs> with this physical experience. It's like, these things are not working. In fact, all of these things that you're doing are pulling your energy, which is totally fine, but then there isn't enough replenishment of energy. So this equation is not working. So again, when I sort of track back to the, you know, five or six years ago to today, I can see with some clarity what happened. And it was, in my case, a series of very difficult, very painful interactions, losses, information that occurred. And that's sort of initially. So in the last five years, there have been a number of people who are in my orbit, in my community, some of them good friends who've passed. My beloved dog, Rena, died about four years ago, right around this time. And so the experience of grief, the experience of being told that Rena was sick and was going to die, being notified about the sudden death of a close friend from university, like all of those things really ruptured my relationship with, and in my case specifically, my spiritual practice. And, and I remember thinking at the time and a friend sharing this with me, and at the time it felt true. And now I think my perspective on it has shifted a little bit. And she said to me, the grieving is the spiritual practice. And I think that's true. The grief, it is an experience, it is a process that is ongoing. And I didn't feel at that time like I had the energy to maintain a spiritual practice of any kind. And I don't know if, if I had back then the information I have now, whether that would still be true. But what I can reflect back on now is that that was actually the time where, as my sister would say, I kind of needed to double down on it. Maybe it changed. Maybe it was less elaborate. Maybe it became more simple. But in that time, it would have been beneficial to double down 
on the practices that were really holding and carrying me. So here I am, (laughs) you know, five years later, and acknowledging that one of the big pieces that I don't want to say that I've let go, but that has been less consistent and less connected to the mundane is that spirit-led daily something, whatever it might be. And the other things in the last five years that have really shifted big time is I moved to a new community. I moved to a community where I didn't have, I have friends here to be certain. And what changed when I moved from the city to here was a strong circle of like-minded humans where our conversations around spirituality and the universe and the unseen and animism and how that connects to our life, I don't have that here. And it's taken me really until now to acknowledge how important that was and how much that really held me before I moved here. So the other things that a big changes for me in the last five years, like I said, was the move. I also met someone not long after moving here and she has two kids. And so that was a big change to go from a single woman who's really, I've lived on my own for most of my adult life. I have had occasions where I've had roommates or shared an apartment with a partner. But for the most part, I've really, I've lived on my own. And so that was a big shift to go from being like a single lady with lots of time. There's lots of privilege in being a single person, right? Your time is really your own in a lot of cases. You're kind of really just tracking your own food and all of that stuff. So entering into this relationship with someone with two young children was a big, big change and not one, frankly, that I managed very well. I guess I sort of assumed, and I think this is fair, like a lot of my friends who have children, and I've spoken with some of them about this, is that like there's no training, right? But uh, here you are, you are a parent. And, you know, it's probably different with your own child or a child that you are raising from the time that they're a baby. But I was entering this family unit, this family culture that already existed. And so frankly, I just didn't deal with it very well. Like in retrospect, it would have been really helpful and smart for me to get some support, like whether it was through a parenting course or working with a coach or a therapist to support me in navigating my role as an important adult, because I didn't have that. And I don't have a lot of friends who are in a mixed family set up the way that I am. I didn't really have or invest in a lot of support around that. And as a result, I really fell into behavior that reminded me a little bit of a when I was like in elementary and high school, where I was really hustling 
to be a part of this family, hustling for the kids to trust me, hustling to assert myself and my role in the family, pouring in a lot of energy in many ways, I think to kind of make up for the time I felt I missed out in a way. And not just missed out in their lives, but also missed out in my experience as someone who's in relationship with children. And, you know, when that experience sort of first began, I remember I was in a a group program and one of the women said, you know, children are like leeches. And she said, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but she said, but they will take all of your energy if you allow it. She's like, and that's why it is so incredibly important to have really clear boundaries with kids as it relates to your physical space, your emotional space, your energetic space. She said, because there will be times where they actually really do need you and those boundaries won't be appropriate. But the times when those boundaries are appropriate, that's when you're not kind of leaking energy everywhere. Great advice that I didn't really take. (laughs) I think I just didn't know how. So I think back now on how much I poured into that experience and continue to, absolutely, but I was already entering into that relationship with some depletion, some spiritual depletion, some energetic depletion. I was still grieving a lot, I was grieving my dog, my friends, the move here. I was grieving, I think in some ways, the loss of community, particularly during those first early pandemic days. And so I entered into this relationship with some depletion. And then <laughs> because my partner and I, we don't always <laughs> like we don't always make the best decisions for our capacity. And that's just kind of something we're figuring out all the time. We got a puppy. So I got this puppy like a month after we started dating. I got this puppy who is wonderful and I love him so much. And he's almost three now, but he has a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions. So again, there was another thing, right? This other living being and like dogs need a lot of boundaries. They need physical boundaries, they need emotional boundaries, they need mental boundaries, they need to understand their role within the pack. And again, because I was arriving in this already depleted, I didn't know, and I frankly didn't have the capacity to be a great like puppy mom at first. So, you know, flash forward, here we are, and it's much easier for me to see the places I really abandoned the things that I needed. And I can justify why I did that. I think we can always justify that. And the reality is, is that there were consequences and there are consequences now. I think what's really heightened or made more apparent is that I'm now definitely experiencing perimenopausal symptoms. They're not major. 
I mean, I don't even really know what that means, major, minor. I mean, it feels pretty, <laughs> I should say, maybe they're minor, but it feels pretty major. So that coupled with years of depletion, it's no wonder, right, that in meeting with my therapist, she says to me, I think you're experiencing some burnout. So in short, I'm experiencing some kind of burnout. I do not know how long or what it looks like on the other side when I have renewed energy and renewed interest and renewed excitement and care and delight in a lot of things. And what I want this series to be about is me sharing a little bit about what's going on. I'm really hoping to speak with other small business owners and entrepreneurs who are also experiencing burnout. And I know that you are out there. And hey, if you're listening to this and you are relating or are already aware that you are also experiencing some burnout, then I'd I'd really love to hear from you. Because I don't want the series of conversations I have with other folks to be about where you were, what you experienced, and how you overcame it. We know how valuable it is to hear from that perspective. And there's something else about hearing somebody or learning about someone when they're in the throes of an experience right now. I think it's really easy to forget how difficult something was once we're through it. I remember grief being hard. I know it was hard, but I can't explain to you how difficult it was because I'm not in it anymore. And you probably can't sense it, right? When we're talking about something after it's happened. So one thing I I do want to share as it relates to my own experience right now is that initially I thought maybe I was experiencing just some anxiety around my business anxiety around some family matters. And I think those are a part of it. But something I noticed is that, and I've dealt with anxiety really for probably most of my life, didn't know what it was when I was a kid, because I mean, who was really tracking that 35 years ago? Not a lot of people. But for me, anxiety sort of feels like fear. There's always this underlying concern and worry. Primarily for others, for me, it's primarily for others. And I mean, a little bit for myself, but just sort of this general like fear about what's going to happen, whether I'm good enough, whether I'm doing the things right, whether this person or that person is okay. And this feels really, really different. Sometimes it feels like I can't really access a specific emotion. And that's what I meant sort of by the sort of this malaise, this almost like neutrality. The other thing is just literally physically not having the energy to do all of the things that I want to do. And part of that also linking into the desire, like, yes, I know that going for a walk in the forest every day would be good for me. My logical brain is very, very clear on that. So even once I make the decision that I'm going to go for a walk, the actual physical 
work required to put on walking pants, to change my shoes, to ensure that I'm warm enough. Oh my gosh, it seems like a lot of work. And I think the big thing for me that is really confusing right now is around my work. I know a lot of folks have had sort of an odd year when it comes to their businesses. And the one thing that I feel really proud of is that the marketing approach that I explore and share with folks is a humane one. Like we're really connecting with like, who are you as an individual? What do you value? What's important to you? And then how do we take all those pieces together and have that as the foundation of a marketing plan, as opposed to the foundation of a marketing plan being a checklist of shoulds. So it feels weird and difficult and confusing because I'm very much having like a human experience. I mean, we all are, but I think depletion is really common human experience in our contemporary culture. So it feels hard and weird and confusing and irritating to be going through that and be someone who's trying to teach a different way in marketing. I find that because I want to do things differently, accessing that creativity and and accessing that discernment to ensure like, is this really a different way? Am I slowly turning the dial on this particular strategy? It, it takes a lot of mental space. And I just don't really feel like I have a ton of it right now. So first, thank you <laughs> for indulging me and listening. And second of all, as I mentioned earlier, if you are someone who's experiencing burnout, or maybe there's someone in your life who is, I would love to be in contact. My idea with the series is, again, to interview folks who are in burnout, who own their own businesses. And I just want to be clear here, there are many people out there in the world who are doing, you know, quote unquote, side hustles, where maybe they're working full time for somebody else, but they've got a small business on the side. And that could be, you know, anything. So if that sounds like you or someone you know, then I would really love to be in contact. My email is linked up in the show notes. And if you are someone who has experienced and then done what you needed to do to tend to your burnout and now sort of on the other side, I would also love to hear from you. And I'd love to also connect with practitioners, therapists, naturopaths, witches, whoever, anyone who is supporting and perhaps whether you, you know, hold a lot of knowledge around this through formal means or otherwise, but if you are somebody who supports people in this experience, I'd also love to talk to you. Because like I said, I really don't think that it's a problem to be solved. I think it's an experience that I am currently in and others are currently in. And it's not like we can just turn our lives off and go and live on a deserted island for three months and get all the care we need. I mean, I know there are people who that is an option for them, but most of the folks I know 
just stopping doing what you're doing is not really an option. There are things to be tended to and there's a life to be lived and there's work to be taken care of and mouths to be fed and floors to be swept and dogs to be walked. So let this be an exploration of curiosity, always coming from a place of curiosity. And I will continue to share as it makes sense. So thanks for being here. And I look forward to what comes next. Thanks for listening to This is Jenny Alexis. I hope you enjoyed what you heard on today's show. As always, it means the world to me when you share this content. So if there was something that got you thinking or made you curious, I'd love to know. Send me a note at thisisjennyalexis.com or over on Instagram at thisisjennyalexis. If you enjoyed today's episode, another way you can show your appreciation is by leaving a review on iTunes. And if there's a person in your life who could benefit from this conversation, please share this episode with them. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to do it all again soon.